mind this morning. Let me do what I believe is some preventive maintenance preaching today. Um, and <clears throat> I'm hoping that this will miss just about everybody that's here today. But we, we have to understand that we, we have a lot of people that are listening by way of radio. We have a lot of people that are watching by way of live stream. Listen, church, we were talking to folks this week. Man, we had no idea they were watching. I mean, people you wouldn't think are watching are watching the live stream. And, and so we need to really pray for these avenues, uh, these ministries that God will, God will bless them. Psalm chapter 9, I've got verse 13 on the screen, but, but I'm gonna, we're, we're going to go back just a little ways to verse number 11. I think that's a good place to start. Psalm 9 verse 11, the Bible says, Sing praises to the Lord, which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me. Thou that liftest me up from the gates of death, that I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made. In the net which, in the net which they hid is their own foot taken. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Now, how many believe that you have an every word Bible this morning? I do. And so that next word's important. The Bible says hegeon. That's how you say that word, hegeon. And then it uses the little word selah there. Verse 17, the Bible says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Now you come back tonight, I'll give you a very encouraging message in light of all that's going on as far as this coronavirus and all that kind of thing. You come back tonight, we're going we're gonna to talk about our shepherd tonight. Amen. And so uh, if, if uh, whatever you do, don't miss tonight. Okay, I hope that you'll be back tonight. But this morning, I want to give you a very sobering message and I want you to uh, I want you to hear me out as I'll talk to you a little bit about this subject. The wicked shall be turned into hell. And so you may be seated this morning, and I'm going to uh, preach just for a few moments. And uh, I know we're just a little behind time today because of prayer and things like that. But I think we'll still get you out probably on time today. And so let's go to the Lord and ask the Lord to help us, and we'll jump right into the Bible today. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, and Lord, for the privilege to be back at Calvary Baptist Church today. And Lord, we're grateful for, uh, Lord, we're just grateful for the Lord's day. And we're thankful, Lord, that you're willing to come and to meet with us. And, and I pray, God, you'll do that today. And you already have. And God, thank you for meeting with us through the music and the singing and the wonderful special today. So thankful for that amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved an old wretch like me. And uh, God, as we take a few moments now, and as we gather around our, our Bibles, and we study and we listen to preaching and teaching. God, I pray that you would knit our hearts together as you've done many times. Now, Lord, there's a lot of needs in this room today. And there is only one who can meet them. There's a lot of needs by those, by those uh, who are watching by way of live stream today. And there's only one who can meet them. And that's Jesus Christ. Not this man, but Jesus Christ. And so I pray that we'll put our mind on him today. Not the man that's preaching. But I pray we'll put our mind on Christ and, on put, and put our mind on what the Word of God says. I pray you'll help us now, give us power, and uh, Lord, we pray that our Savior will be praised. 
In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake. And all God's people said, amen. I'm interested in verse number 16 this morning first, and then we're gonna move to verse number 17. And it's interesting in verse number 16, the Bible uses the word higayon, higayon. Uh, you'll notice that the very end, the Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Then there's a period, and then the word higayon. The word higayon there is a musical notation. We know that the book of Psalms was the Hebrew songbook. And so um, at, at one point, pretty much all of these Psalms that we read were at one time put to music. And so the word on there is a musical notation. But it's a musical notation that is used to indicate solemnity of movement. Or it means this, it means musing. Musing or to think, to ponder. In other words, it's a musical notation that is used to make you think or to make you ponder. It means this, it means plotting. P-L-O-T-T-I-N-G, plotting. Or we could say it something like this. It is a musical notation that tells you that something is getting ready to happen. You ever heard something like this? Dun, 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 dun. That's a Hegeon. It tells you that something has just happened or something is getting ready to happen. We don't watch horror movies at our house. But a lot of times before, before the monster or before the predator will come out of the closet, they'll use a gayon. They'll use a musical notation that gets you ready for what is about to happen. The, building, the music is building up to a climax. You know what? He hasn't come out with a knife yet, but you know he's getting ready to come out. You know why you know it? The music is building up to that. It's a, it is a higayon. But then we notice the Bible uses right after that, it uses the word selah. The word selah is also used in music. It is a word that means a musical rest or a pause. It means, it means this. When you read the book of Psalms and you come to that little word selah, it means stop and pause. And it means to reflect on either what you just read or get yourself prepared for what you're about to read. Now you can apply that either way you want to. Either God was using this as a musical score to underscore what we just read in verse 16 or he was getting us ready for what we're about to read in verse 17. I personally believe the latter. I believe the Lord was using this musical notation and then uh, as he comes to that, that, that musical note that says, think about what's getting ready to happen. And then we have the word selah, which means stop, pause. Before you go any further, pause. And then he says in verse 17, after we have paused and reflected, the Lord says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Psalm 19, or Psalm 9, verse 17, I believe is referencing a couple things. Number one, I believe that it is referencing location. So if you think, preacher, I believe that's literally talking about the nations 
will be turned into hell, that, that place called hell. And by the way, if you believe that, we're good because I believe that too. And so I believe that the verse is referencing location, but I also believe that the verse is referencing mutation. Not only location, but mutation. I do believe the wicked shall be turned into the location of hell, but there is also the idea of mutation here. You say, Pastor, I am not following you. Stay with me. Have you ever seen a caterpillar? And it built itself into a cocoon. And that caterpillar stayed in that cocoon for a little while. And, and after it stayed in that cocoon, that worm, that, that, that caterpillar, that just a worm with feet. All of a sudden, that caterpillar turned into a butterfly. You could take today, you could take some flour. You could take some salt, maybe an egg or some eggs. You could take some lard and some buttermilk. You could mix it all together. You could cut it out. You could put it into the oven. And you know what would happen to that? It would turn into a biscuit. You see, the word or the phrase turned into, follow me now, turned into in verse number 17 it, it means often adverbial. It means this, and this is what I want you to get. The, the phrase turn into means to convert. So you could read it like this. The wicked shall be converted into hell. So it's not only talking about location, it's talking about mutation. Again, let me try to illustrate. A few weeks ago, my wife and I were in Tennessee uh, hosting a marriage retreat and uh, and the preacher there had told us about a place up there in the, up the mountains. And he said, he said, Pastor, it's a message all on its own. He told us about a place called Alawine Pottery. And he said, a preacher, he said, you need to drive up there. And he said, what they do when you walk in, he said, they've got a, a potter. And he's right there in the front. And he said, he, he'll, he, he does pottery right there in front of everybody. And then you can shop and look at all the pottery and all the things they make. And, uh, and he said, man, you just watch him make that that." pottery and he said it's just it reminds you of Jeremiah's story when he talks about going down to the potter's house and so uh, so after the marriage retreat got done my wife and I we decided to drive up there to Alawine Pottery and so sure enough it was just a little hole in the wall I mean not really anything that you would write home to mom about but we uh, we walked in to this place it was sort of an old rustic place an old wooden door and and, uh, and we walked in, and sure enough, there was a gentleman. He was right there in front of the store, and uh, he had a bag of, of, uh, of just lumps of clay. I mean, that, that's all they were, they, just no form, just a little lump of clay that somebody put together. Had a whole bag of those things, and he would take out a lump of clay, and he would, he would literally plop it on the, on the potter's wheel. He'd take some water and add some water to it, and he'd start that wheel spinning. Man, he'd put his finger in there, and all of a sudden, I mean, right before your eyes, that, that lump of clay would begin to transform into some kind of a beautiful, beautiful, you know, he, he said, uh, this is what he told us, he said, I'm making coffee mugs today. And literally, in a matter of two or three minutes, man, he would turn that wheel and add some water here and add some water there, and, and that lump of clay was turned into something beautiful. I believe the Bible's teaching us a great truth here. And I believe the truth is this. The longer that people refuse to repent and get right, the more 
they're being turned into hell. The more they're taking on the attributes and the characteristics of hell, I'm talking about those nations that refuse Christianity, those nations that, that, uh, that are uh, exclusive to the Bible. They, they, they won't allow the Bible to come in. They won't allow Bible-believing churches to come in. And, and, and you know, I don't have to tell you what I'm telling you right now. You can just watch the news and know this is true. But many of those nations are godless and, and uh, they've got turmoil and they've got fighting and they've got unrest and they've got war and they can't get along within their own nation and, and uh, uh, their economies are falling apart and they, they're struck with poverty and disease and, and all these things and yet they will not allow the word of God to come in. They won't allow a gospel preacher to come in and preach. They won't allow churches to be planted in those countries. Let me tell you what's going on. Little by little by little, those nations that refuse Christ and refuse Jesus are literally being turned into hell. I think about marriages that refuse to do things God's way. I know some marriages this morning that are literally being turned into hell. I'm not talking about location, I'm talking about mutation. I'm talking about husbands and wives who refuse to to read the word of God, who refuse to be faithful to church, who refuse to to do things the way God wants them done. And how many know this, that really God intended for marriage to be heaven on earth, not hell on earth. But you know as well as I knew this morning that a lot of marriages are more like hell than they are like heaven. It's constant fussing, constant crying, constant screaming, constant yelling, uh, man, constant contention, constant strife, constant fighting. Uh, and you say, preacher, what's going on? I'll tell you exactly what's going on. A mutation is taking place. Those who refuse to do things the way God wants us to do those things are literally being turned into hell. I know children who, whose parents refuse to raise them according to godly standards. Well, preacher, we're not going to force the Bible on our kids. By the way, those same parents who say we would never force our kids to come to church force their kids to brush their teeth and make their kids take a bath. And you know what? If it's important to make your kids brush their teeth and if it's important to make your kids take a bath, And if it's important to make your kids abide by some kind of rule, then you know what? I believe it's important to make your kids come to the house of God. I'm thankful, man. I'm so thankful that I had parents that made me do what I was supposed to do when I was a kid. And they made me go to the house of God. But I'm I'm just saying this. I know children today who, because they're not being raised according to godliness, are literally being turned into hell. I know of homes that are more like hell than resemble heaven. Am I telling the truth this morning? No joy, no love, no peace, no contentment, no fulfillment. You know why? Because they refuse to do things the way God said to do it. And the Bible says in, in Psalm 917, the wicked shall be turned into hell. Location, yes, they will. One of these days they will be turned into hell, but also mutation. The more you rebel against God and the ways of God, and the more you refuse to do it the way God said to do it, the more you're going to take on the attributes of hell. What do you mean, preacher? Well, How about this? The Bible says hell is a place of discomfort. Luke 16, 24, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. 
and send Lazarus that I may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Matthew chapter 8, verse number 12. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hell's a place of discomfort. You'll hear the world say something like this. I'm hurting like hell. Now they mean that it's a swear word. But to be quite honest, they're telling the truth. They don't even know it. Because they refuse to do things the way God says to do it, their family is hurting like hell. And their marriage is hurting like hell. And their kids are turning out like hell. And their life is turning out like hell. And this is all I'm saying. Thank God it don't have to be that way this morning. Hell is a place of discomfort. Hell is a place of darkness. Matthew chapter 25, verse number 30, the Bible says, and cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jude 1, verse number 6, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness. Somebody says, Preacher, why does our day that we're living in seem to be getting darker and darker and darker and darker? And I'll tell you why. Because America refuses to do things the way God said to do it. And the more you rebel against God and the more you shake your fist in the face of God and say, God, we will not be regulated by you. We will not do it your way. And God said you mark her down the wicked shall be turned into hell and that's exactly what's going on in our nation and I know that's 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 strong preaching this morning but we need to get back to some strong preaching in America again I love this nation I'm thankful for America I'm glad I'm an American I'm an American from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet I wouldn't want to live anywhere else but I'm telling you America has got some major problems today because we're not doing it the way God said to do it hell is a place of darkness it's a shame that we're seeing so much darkness today please understand something I'm I, I, I pray for our leaders and you ought to pray for our leaders regardless of where you stand. It doesn't matter if you like Trump or you don't like Trump. You have a responsibility as a Christian to pray for your president. It doesn't matter whether you like the governor or you don't like the governor or whether you voted for him or you didn't vote for him. You still, as a child of God, we have a responsibility to pray for our officials and pray for our leaders. But I'm telling you, it is a sad day in America and a sad day in North Carolina when we have leaders who legislate abortion on demand and legislate the mass murder of untold thousands of unborn babies. And this week or last week, whenever it was, signing a bill that even denies them the basic rights if the abortion fails. And a living baby laying on a table and health professionals are not supposed to help that little baby. Now I'm going to tell you something, Calvary Baptist Church, somebody's going to have to explain that to me. And I know I'm not very smart, but I'm going to tell you what, I got just a half a bit of common sense today. And I'm telling you what, something about that's not right. 
Something about that is not right to let a little baby lay on a table and, and, and lay there and not offer any assistance and we won't give any money to, to save those little unborn baby, uh, babies. And they tell us in 2016 that over 623,000 babies were aborted uh, that, uh, that out of every 1,000 births in America, 186 babies are murdered. You say, Pastor, what in the world is going on? I'll tell you what's going on. The more you rebel against the ways of God, the more you are turned into hell. But oh, how many know this? The darker the night, the brighter the light. And we have to make sure that our light shines. Hell is a place of discomfort. Hell is a place of darkness. But how about this? Hell is a place of damnation. Did you know that in hell it's never going to get any better? Did you know that in hell improvement is never coming? Revelation 14, 11, And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night. For those in hell, there will always be a sense of hopelessness. And for those who refuse to dedicate their lives to Jesus Christ, those who refuse to get right with God, there will always be that sense of hopelessness and that sense of unrest. And I don't know if I'm preaching good or preaching bad this morning. I'm going to tell you something. It's a shame when people could have heaven and they choose hell. It's a shame when we could have, have heaven in our home and we choose to have hell. It's a shame when we could have heaven in our marriage and you could, by the way, if you'll do it God's way. Quit making excuses. Quit making excuses and do it God's way. I mean, just, just sell out, brother, just sell out. Just jump in with both feet. I mean, just launch out into the deep and you and your wife dedicate your lives and your home and your family and your marriage to God. No turning back, no going back. Dedicate your kids to Jesus. Dedicate your home to the Lord. Dedicate your love life to God. Dedicate everything to God. Don't care what anybody else does. Don't care where everybody else goes. Don't care what any other direction anybody goes to. We're gonna do this as for me and my house. We will serve. Be Lord, if we would do it God's way, we can have heaven in our homes. But when we refuse, we get hell. Instead of a heavenly marriage, they choose hell. Instead of a heavenly children, they choose hell. Instead of a heavenly attitude, they choose hell. Now let me bring this thing to a close with two statements. Number one, the location of heaven or hell is a choice. Where you spend eternity is your individual choice. Second Peter 3 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 1 John 5, 13, these things have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, dear, dear, dear friend, listen to me this morning. If you die one of these days and go to hell, it won't be anybody's fault except yours. 
And people say, well, I can't believe that God would send somebody to hell. Let me tell you something, brother. Let me tell you something. God did everything he could do to the giving of his son. He gave his own son's blood. And if you die in your sins and go to hell, you'll do so by stepping over the blood of Jesus Christ. Your, your locations, your, your choice. You say, Pastor, my grandma, one of the most godly ladies I know, praise God. But your grandma can't make that choice for you. You say, Preacher, my, my dad was a, a preacher. My dad was a godly deacon. Praise God. But your dad can't make that decision for you. You said, preacher, my parents are very dedicated in this church and they're, I mean, they're all in and serving the Lord here at Calvary Baptist Church. Praise the Lord. But your parents can't make that decision for you. The location of heaven or hell where you spend eternity is absolutely your choice. But let me close today by saying this. The mutation of heaven or hell is likewise a choice. If you desire your life to be like hell, it's your choice. And by the way, just in case you're wondering, a lot of folk are making that choice. It's crazy. It's just crazy. We see people struggling, unhappy, Fighting a battle every day. I mean, it's, their life's a continuous hurricane. I mean, just stormy on every, uh, on every corner. And they're constantly fussing and constantly fighting and constantly battling and constantly struggling. And sometimes you just want to reach out and you want to grab those folk and say, are you enjoying living in hell? Well, no. Don't you understand? It's a choice. If you don't want to live that way, you don't have to. You say, but preacher, my daddy was an alcoholic. And I'm sorry about that. I really am. But because your daddy was an alcoholic doesn't mean you have to be. And you say, mom, uh, 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 pastor, my mom was a drug addict. And I'm sorry about that. And I mean that. I'm sorry about that. But just because your mother was a drug addict doesn't mean you have to be a drug addict. And just because your brother committed suicide doesn't mean you have to commit suicide. And just because everybody in your family's life has fallen apart doesn't mean that your life has to fall, fall apart. Why? Because hell and heaven is a choice. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore... If any man be in Christ, he is a, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, but all things are become new. Ephesians 4, 24, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. I thought about Mark chapter five. You don't have to turn there. But I thought about that demoniac in Mark chapter five. The Bible says that Jesus and his disciples came to that shore there in Gadara, my wife and I were there in July. We went right by where that, that is. And they came to that shore. And the Bible says a demoniac met him, a man filled with a legion of demons. And the Bible says they wear no clothes. You know what? When you get enough of the devil in you, you'll take your clothes off. That's what happens. You watch these, you watch these police shows, live PD, and, and they'll get the call, and there's, uh, there's some guy out here running around the street totally naked. They get there. They've got to tase him. He's just completely a maniac. You know what? You're seeing Mark chapter 5 in 2020. 
demonic possession, drug use, addiction. And here's this man, the Bible says he wears no clothes. He lives in the tombs. He's cutting himself. He's screaming in the night, crying in the night. And literally, he's a maniac. He's a maniac. And the Bible says Jesus came by. And when Jesus came by, Jesus changed his life. And that demoniac chose heaven instead of hell. The Bible says in Mark 5, 15, and they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. In other words, they were like, wow, what happened? You know what happened? Jesus changed his life from hell to heaven. I thought about men like Mel Trotter. Mel Trotter. Mel Trotter was an an old alcoholic of the worst kind. This has been many, many, many years ago. And Mel Trotter tells the story about he and his family. He had one little boy, one little child, and they didn't have a lot of money, and his little child had gotten very ill, and his wife came to him and said, Mel said, now this is the last little bit of money we have, and, and we need medication for our baby, and and Mel, you've got to go down here to the doctor, to the, to the pharmacy, and you've got to get the, the medicine that our baby needs. And Mel Trotter got that last little bit of change that they had, and he, and, he, and he went to go get that medicine for his baby. But on his way, that urge to drink hit him. And, and they said that Mel, he spent that last little bit of change they had on alcohol. Went got on a drunk. Little baby died. They said, and it's hard to believe this story, they said that Mel Trotter was, was so low. They said that when he came to the funeral for his little child, there the little baby casket was in front of the funeral home, and Mel Trotter walked in, uh, in, in his filth and as an old sot, an old vagabond, uh, living in hell, I mean living in hell, and Mel Trotter walked in and he walked up to the casket like he was gonna place a little kiss on his little baby's forehead and he's, as he kissed the little forehead, he reached down into the casket and just slipped off the little baby's shoes off of his body and slipped those shoes into his pocket. And he said, my baby won't need these anymore. And he took those shoes and he pawned those shoes for a cheap bottle of Muscatel wine so he could get drunk again. Drunk after drunk after drunk after drunk. Come home and prom- promise his wife, honey, I'll never drink again. I'll never drink again. I promise you, I'll never drink again. And in less than 24 hours, he would be drunk again. And Mel Trotter had hit the bottom and they said that he, that he, that he hopped on a, a freight train headed to Chicago, Illinois. And, and his, his plan was, it was in January, and his plan was he was going to end his life and jump into the icy Lake Michigan and drown himself. And sure enough, he made it to Chicago. He got off that train and he was making his way toward Lake Michigan. Some of our folks have been there. He's walking down a road called State Street. And as he was coming through the city, going toward Lake Michigan, there's a place there called Pacific Garden Mission. They had hymns playing. There were people outside Pacific Garden Mission passing out gospel tracts and saying, Sir, ma'am, if you come in, it's warm. We have a warm meal for you. We'd like to tell you about Jesus. Somebody came to El Trotter that night and said, Sir, it's warm inside. We've got a warm meal for you. We'd like to tell you about Jesus. And somebody convinced Mel Trotter to come in. And that night, Mel Trotter, hallelujah. Mel Trotter heard the gospel. 
Mel Trotter heard I was a sinner lost and undone without Jesus. He heard how God loved him so much that God sent his only son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus came and, and took his sin upon him and went to the cross. And there he bled and suffered and died. They put him in the grave. And three days later, God came out of the grave. And Mel Trotter heard for the first time that he could be born again. And Mel Trotter gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ that night. Life was totally changed. Alcohol went away. He began to start mission, rescue missions all over America, the largest in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and reaching prostitutes and drug addicts and alcoholics and preaching the gospel to them. You say, what happened, preacher? I'll tell you exactly what happened. Jesus changed his life from hell to heaven. And whoever you are this morning, Jesus Christ can do the same for you. Amen. If you're watching by way of live stream or you're listening by way of the radio and the devil has come to you and the devil has said, you're done. Stick a fork in you. You're done. Your life is over. I want to remind you of something that the devil is a liar and the father of lies. Listen, there is hope in Jesus Christ this morning. Dave Kistler said that his mother, his mother taught them she homeschooled them and she taught them how to paint. Every day they would, have a, they would have an art class and she would put the canvas out there and bring their paints and she said, uh, he said that they would paint and mom would come around and she would grade them and teach them how to paint. And, 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 and some of you, we, got, we have some painters in here this morning. And Dave Kessler said that he'd been working on something on a project and one day as he wasn't paying attention, he hit one of his paint jars and when he hit it, the paint, Turned over, it spilled, spilled on his canvas. And he said, Mom, Mom, look what I've done. I've ruined my painting. He said, his mom, the artist, came over and she said, wait a minute, wait, don't touch it. And that artist began to take some rags and some brushes and little by little she began to she began to clean up that mess oh man I'll tell you what somebody better hold the door I'm about to get happy this morning and she began to clean up that mess and she began to daub here and she began to blot here and she began to do a little bit of work here and she said hang on honey it's not done yet we're not it's not over yet it's not ruined yet and a little here and a little there and a little here and a little there and Dave Crystal said before I knew it he said my mom had taken my mess and he said she completely turned it into a beautiful beautiful picture of a tree or, or something like that hey I've got great news today I serve a savior that's willing to take your mess and he's able to put you on a new road the mutation of heaven or hell is your choice your choice you know what would be great today if we had some people who just ran down to this altar and said Lord I'm tired of living in hell I'm tired of living in hell I'm tired of having a marriage that's in hell I'm tired of having a family that's in hell I'm tired of living that life of hell and Lord today I'm going to do it your way. Would you give me heaven? Lord, would you change my life? Would you put me on a new track? And I got good news. He'll do it today. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, it is your choice. I can't make it for you. But thank God the fact that you're sitting here and you're listening to this message, you know what that tells you? There's still time. 
And you can come today. And you can personally accept Jesus Christ as your Savior today. Would you bow your heads with me all over the house this morning? Father, thank you for this time we've had together today. Lord, I believe without a shadow of a doubt, and you know that I had considered changing my direction this morning because of all that's going on. But I believe this is the message you had for the hour. God, today I pray that you're working hearts. And I pray that you'll help many to choose heaven. Not only the location, but the mutation. Now, Lord, those that are lost, I pray today they'll choose the location of heaven. And today they'll come and accept Christ. But I pray that you'll give us some who may be saved. But today they would say, I'm choosing the mutation of heaven for my marriage. I'm choosing the mutation of heaven for my children, for my home. I don't know what other homes are going to do. But for our home, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Just a question. I'm not going to embarrass anybody today. But I wonder how many would be here today. You'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am saved. I have been born again. I know that I'm on my way to heaven. If you can honestly say that, would you just raise your hand very quietly? You can then take it right back down again. Hallelujah, that's wonderful. Let me ask you this, though. Is there one anywhere today and right now, you'd be, you'd be very honest between you and the Lord. And you would say, Pastor, if I died, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure about heaven. Oh, preacher, understand, I want to go. I'm just not sure I'm going. And I want you to pray for me today. And right now, you'd slip your hand up. Right now, you'd slip your hand up. Let me remember you in prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Right now, you'd raise your hand real high so I don't miss you. Is there one like that anywhere? Come on. You'd be honest right now. You'd raise it real high. You'd raise it real high. I'm going to ask some of our personal workers to make their way to the front right now if they would with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you need to be saved, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Would you stand with us all over the house this morning, Father? I ask you to work now. God, help us to choose heaven. God, it's our choice. Give us heavenly homes. Give us heavenly families. Give us children with the grace of heaven. Oh, God, help our marriages to be like heaven on earth. Give us that spirit of heaven, attitude of heaven. God, I pray that you're working hearts this morning. I believe you're already, I believe you're already working. And God, maybe there's others that in just a moment, they need to slip out and make their way to this altar today. God, help us to do business with thee. Have your way, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Listen, folks are on the altar today. Folks are getting some help. If you need, if you need help today, I'm going to encourage you to come right now, all right? We've got folks in the altar. Folks are waiting to help you. Pastor's going to be here to help you. And maybe you just need to rededicate your life to Jesus today. Maybe that's what it is. 
Maybe you're not the member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, and today you would come and say, Preacher, we feel it, the will of God, that God would have us to join with the Calvary family. It could be a lot of things. What about it? We're going to pause just for a few moments, all right? God's dealing with hearts. This is wonderful. If you're watching by way of live stream today, I would encourage you to find a place right now. Wherever you may be, find a place and make an altar out of that place. And right now, if you're not saved, I want to encourage you right now to call out on Jesus Christ as Jesus to save you. Lord, forgive me for my sins. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again. Lord, right now, I ask you to come into my heart and life and I ask you to save me, take me to heaven when I die. I'm trusting you today as my personal Savior. I want you to pray that prayer. I want you to mean it to the Lord. You're watching today by way of live stream. Maybe you rededicate your life to Jesus. Amen. Father, you're still working in hearts this morning. That's why we're here. Oh, God, I pray that you'd help us to be tender and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, maybe there's others that still ought to respond. So, Lord, have your way now in the remainder of the invitation. Help us to forget about the clock just for a little bit. And, God, help us to focus on spiritual things. May we choose heaven today. Have your way, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name.